everyone. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And this is I Hate It. <laughs> Sorry, you said I'm Dawn really weird. Because of where we're going. <laughs> okay. Um, this is I Hate It. Let's watch it. Where we watch shows we love and then rip them apart. So we're recapping Riverdale. I want to say we're back. We never left, but we're back, guys. We're back in the best way. So we're, excited. We're both super excited that high energy our content is what we are about. This is why we started our podcast. This is the inspiration, the reason, yeah, the reason for the season. The reason for the season. <laughs> we're so excited to be talking about Riverdale again. I know. It is it it's like coming home. It is like coming home. We're gonna we're gonna just give you a quick recap of everything that happened in the ten well, the seven episodes that matter. Right. <laughs> from the We only care about season. the jump after. Yeah, we're not gonna cover the pre graduation. Um, that was technically last season, if we really think about it. It was it wasn't supposed to be, but it was included in season five. So I did do a, a back and forth about whether or not I wanted to cover those episodes, but I just, I don't think it's... I ignored them all together. Necessary. <laughs> so we can just cover the seven-year jump situation. Yeah. So um, let's break it down by character. Would you like to start? Oh, God. When you honestly, when you volunteered to do Varchi, I was shocked. You know what? Thinking about it later and watching a couple episodes and getting the the logistics and then reading up on it because like I did a little I I didn't want to have to fully watch rewatch to be honest with you I did I did um, that shamelessly yes you did I initially thought I wanted to do Bughead right and then you were like oh but then you're leaving me with the absolute worst people (laughs) of the fucking season and I was like all right fine I'll do them and then honestly I realize why that's probably the best bet because watching you could analyze and give a better recap of Barchi than I could. And you mean Bughead? But yeah, whatever. I, I guys, <laughs> well, Barchi, Bughead, blah 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 blah. blah, blah, blah. Shoney, Kank, Kank. What is the Kevin and Fangs? Do we have one for them? We don't have either. Seven, Seven Kangs. I think those are the only Ooh, options. Kangs is a good one. <laughs> Sounds like a No, but I, I think, can you possibly, can you start? Oh. Because, only okay. because the way my recap, it's bulleted, it's not really like a, a script summary, Don, so it, I'm going to be No one can see this except for me. Don has two printed pages, super tiny font. I, I can't see, guys. Tons of, like, Bullet tons points. of information. Right. It's I'm like one scared. page is Archie, one page is Veronica, but at the same time, they collate, and it's like, my brain hurts, and I can't see. So if you can take this first. <laughs> I have a Google Doc. I have, like, I don't know, nine or ten bullet points for each person i'm gonna follow your lead after that's what i'm saying like i want to consolidate somehow in my brain all right god i honestly jumping in anywhere feels inadequate because there's just so much going on but i'll start with betty because she was the first person that i started to do my recap of so when we pick up with betty seven years later she's been in training at the fbi academy to become an agent She was demoted to working on cold case files after recklessly pursuing the trash bag killer without backup, which resulted in her getting kidnapped by the TBK and abducted for two weeks and and the TBK got away and obviously Betty's 
was rescued and is fine. But she's dealing with some PTSD from that and also a complex of just not being able to catch this serial killer. She lives alone with her cat Toffee, which is great. Support that lifestyle. She had some sort of intimate relationship with her boss, Glenn, at the FBI. But there's an obvious lack of interest on Betty's part. And that seems to continue through the season. Whenever he's involved, she's just sort of not into it. But, you know, it's fine. All of us have banged somebody we didn't want to bang just because they were available to bang. Right? Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Let's just leave it at that. That's a different podcast. It sure is. So then Archie calls, bringing everybody back to Riverdale. Betty goes back. She reconnects with Jughead. It's kind of awkward. She refers to the fact that Jughead left her some kind of voicemail, which means That we're still waiting on. Yeah, we'll get into that. But yeah, so she says she didn't think that Jughead wanted to talk to her after that point. So they haven't been in touch. It doesn't seem like she's been in touch with anybody else either. She's immediately concerned about Polly. Polly has been hanging out with the ghoulies, potentially dealing drugs, potentially turning tricks at truck stops and and the like. And eventually Betty starts teaching shop at Riverdale High School, part of Archie's plan to revitalize the Riverdale community. But that's a really, (laughs) that's a serious B plot for Betty because Polly then does get abducted by somebody and disappears. And then Mm -hmm. Betty is fully invested in this investigation and definitely throws her weight around as a quote FBI agent even though she's still a trainee but she has no problem uh, just investigating this you wouldn't think she was one seriously she just pretends like she's got her shit together and (laughs) whatever so Polly goes missing obviously Betty's looking into it nothing's really coming from it at some point they hear from Polly and they show up at the phone booth that she was calling from was covered in blood and it matches Polly's blood she thinks she's dead She kind of goes off the deep end at this point, assuming that Polly is dead or at least gravely wounded and starts assaulting truckers (laughs) to try and get her own brand of Betty Justice. And then Glenn shows up in town again, you know, her favorite boy toy, Glenn, and he kind of like stirs up shit and tells her that he's been writing this dissertation on her serial killer gene mm-hmm. in the family. And then, and and honestly, when I was doing this recap for everybody, as soon as I got to this point, I was like, I honestly don't even know how to segue into this properly, but there's really no way. So I'm just going to go at it. Charles and Chick escape from prison and show up at the Cooper house on the twins' birthday, waiting to be married in the presence of family. And Alice marries them. But then things take a turn when Glenn shows up and Charles tries to get Juniper to stab him for, you know, reasons. And then Betty does it so that Juniper doesn't have to, but she stabs him in like a not so terrible place so that he'll live. But it gives her an opportunity to stab Chick and then for Alice to shoot Charles, who's probably going to be okay because that's just how things work here. Glenn's going to be okay too. And then at the very end of the last episode before the, the break here, Betty vowed to find who took Polly and get her justice and she like becomes trucker Betty and gets a semi of her own somehow from somewhere and Isn't that the goal <laughs> I mean it's we my... all want our own semi though I think that's like the next level above crazy cat lady is like trucker lady trucker lady <laughs> 
probably. I agree. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Get to see the world or at least the country. So that's my synopsis of Betty. That was amazing. I loved it. I tried. <laughs> there, I loved it. I, I glazed much. over some details, especially in Polly's disappearance, but that's because we're going to get to that when we get to my murder board. So like, I it don't want to. It really scares me because you barely looked at your screen. You kind of looked at me the whole time you did that and i don't know what i told I'm you do. i did a full rewatch so like you this did. is all extremely fresh in my brain i think the minute i start talking about something it'll remind me of the next and the next and the next but i'm gonna again i have paragraphs but i'm gonna i only yeah i only took notes in order to keep it in like a coherent order like I knew what happened, I just wanted to make sure I covered it in a way that made sense. Right, so that's and for, why. I did and it. honestly, for mine, if you want to chime in, feel free. I mean, I think I pretty much covered my two people. I'm sure you did a wonderful job. Who are you, you starting with? I'm going to start with Archie. I think you should. Let's get him um, out of the way. <laughs> we start the time jump. <sighs> Typical Archie. Um, he was in the army for seven years after Riverdale and high school and all that, and we get right off the bat. A dream sequence of him comparing army life to the football field, battlefield to the football field, and just life at home and how it all, you know, comes together. And we end up seeing him in, I wouldn't say a hospital bed, but- It was a hospital bed, I would say. A hospital bed. His sergeant, Taylor. General Taylor. General Taylor. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to need you a couple times. <laughs> this is why I'm here. <laughs> My eyes are not working very well. He's basically like, listen, you're done. You did what you had to do here. I think you need to go back home and, you know, set up that ROTC at Riverdale High and, you know, do your part that way. And he's like, eh, maybe. I don't know. I, I still want to fight. And he's like, no, no, no. You got to go. In the interim, one of his brothers in arms... <laughs> was injured that he saved and brought back and he does his whole farewell speech to him and it's like oh you know i'm glad you're good look me up in riverdale yeah (laughs) if you need to find me this is where i am and guess what (laughs) archie goes back to riverdale and notices it's a train wreck of a town at this point and his first place to visit is pops and we see that it's pops's granddaughter that's now running pops and she basically says, listen, you want a good cook meal? You're up here. If you want some cocktails, go downstairs. So he's going in thinking, oh, Le Bonnoui's still hey. up and running. Oh, no. Veronica's still here yeah. running Le Bonnoui. No, no, no. He goes downstairs and it's now the White Worm, which is run by our lovely Tony Topaz. And she is belting out a great tune. Or she then sees a couple of... People from his past. He's got Kevin and Fangs and Sweet Pea. After her musical number, they all sit down and reminisce. And he gets the lowdown of what's been going down in Riverdale. And basically, Hiram has taken over. And when I say taken over, I mean pulled all the funding from literally everything. I'm talking schools. Everything important, he just pulled it. Yeah, anything that you need for a town is gone. (laughs) Tony tries to give him the heads up. So she gives him a tour. And um, there are things that he just finds really important. Unacceptable. And whenever I watch it, I laugh. I laugh really hard because your reaction to it always makes me laugh. (laughs) But they get to a certain point where they're at bus stops and they're burned to a crisp. And he goes, but where are people going to wait for the bus? I don't understand this fixation for him. And it's kind of like... 
dude, look at the town. Of all the things. I don't think people are taking public transportation. And no. I don't think it's funded enough to even Maybe we should happen. care more that there's no police department or that there's no fire department. Which he also finds out is lacking and the only sheriff in town is Sheriff Keller, which, oh, hot, hot dad. dad of Riverdale. To have one sheriff in a and town. And one hot dad of Riverdale is just very upsetting. It really is. We lost pretty much all of them. Yeah. And uh, we're not including Hiram right now. He's evil. We don't stand an evil Riverdale. Oh, I'm missing some FP. He was the only other really hot dad. I want to take a quick sidebar here for like a hot second. Yeah, because I have the worst recap. Go ahead. You don't have the worst recap. You're just very detailed with it, which is admirable. It's also Archie. (laughs) That's true. I watched for the first time today bloopers from Riverdale seasons Mm. one through four. They were so great. And also just to see Luke Perry again. And like, and in in a way where he's like having a good time and like joking around because he was always very like serious on the show. So to see him in bloopers like cursing and like laughing and stuff it was really wonderful so i had never seen them before so i would just yeah, have, i was on youtube watching the um the trailer for the upcoming and that's where and then i saw on the side it was like suggested videos bloopers uh, i was like yes please i love bloopers oh i'm gonna have to watch that you, you will yeah because fp's on there i mean yeah fp and uh fred andrews are on there too i think just, they're it's a lot of fun they're the core they're the top the top two they get yes absolutely sorry continue with no it's the, fine the sorry, shit that is archie I'm burping up seltzers it's totally yeah cold. we're drinking hard seltzers tonight guys and they're hitting it's a lot of fun they're hitting the soft spot anyway <laughs> so he finds out all of this and then tony takes him directly to his house that is now overtaken by the ghoulies like horribly so i mean graffiti i mean it doesn't look like a house anymore yeah it's pretty terrible right off the bat he vows like oh, i'm gonna get my house back great with that said he decides he's gonna call the core four and he gives them all a call and he's like you gotta get back because pop is gonna retire and we all need to just be here for that sure. and they do and then they get into their serious conversations of what we need to do and riverdale high is on its way out because it's not funded so they all decide at that point we're all gonna be teachers without any education education and i want to point out that it was implied that they were only going to be teachers until they could find qualified teachers to teach but there's there's been no sign that that's happening so (laughs) that's their that's their be all end all at this point yep so they all take a subject, and obviously Archie's going to stay in the ROTC, but he also decides to take on coaching the Bulldogs. It's going to unite Riverdale. It's going to. Football it's gonna turn the whole town football, around. Football, you know, America's pastime. We are going to. Yeah, people that's who are do it. starving, living on the streets, have no garbage All they pickup. want is to watch football. All they football. want is to go to a high school football game and be reminded of why they love Riverdale. Yep. That's that's how I feel. And he takes it on and he gets his team together, which is his students from the ROTC. We have one chick, which is amazing, Britta. Britta! She's like, let's do this. And they start, but then we find out that... They they're, suck. They're, well, not only do they suck, but they're... <laughs> Their core opponent is Stonewall Prep, which is run by not only Hiram, but Reggie. Oh, Reggie. Reggie, who I love so much, is their coach, and he is on Evil the dark Reggie. side right now. Going forward, they got game- they're got they losing constantly. It's not even good. To the point where... They're not even scoring points. <laughs> no. I mean, they're zero across the board. Archie decides, you know, he's going to team up with Veronica, and they're going to try to figure out, like, what are we going to do? 
we got to get people in the stands. And they decide to go to Cheryl. And they're like, we need the Vixens back. We need you to help us. And she's like, eh, no. First, they start with the funding situation. She's like, fuck you guys. But I'll bring the Vixens back and we'll do that. And we'll, that's going to get people in the stands. Okay. Mm -hmm. Musical performances are always the way to the hearts. Oh, God. (laughs) Not mine. But in turn, Veronica then decides, I'm going to fund this, which we'll get into that. Sure. Later. And decides to bring in people or friends of friends that are going to help bring the team together. Um, Her buddy from New York. And they end up winning one game. Well, they don't even no, win a game. No, they don't win. They don't win a game. <laughs> they Please, score one forgive touchdown. Me. Forgive me. They, for- <laughs> they score a touchdown and get points on the board. And it's like the world ends for yeah. everybody else. Like Hiram and Reggie. Like, yes, like, it's the worst thing that could have happened to Hiram's Granted, their team plan. still won, but the fact that points are on the board, they yeah. lost. Whatever, now they stay in the football league. Whatever money they fucking bet against yep. the Bulldogs, they- It's devastating. They're done. Huge blow. All this aside, we also have Archie's buddy from- Jackson. The army, Jackson, come in. And, you know, he- kind of makes himself acquainted with everybody and he's there and he's not there right there are some episodes where he's very prominent we forget that and then there are other episodes where you don't even see him (laughs) and during that you know we also have him reconnecting with betty in a way that i never expected oh it was wonderful it was the best part of the season and i i have a nice chunk here but it's just my feelings (laughs) Not so much a recap. <laughs> it's, it's just my personal obsession my f- with this, yeah. this pairing. <laughs> they're hooking up, which is so damn hot. That's what I put. Yep. But they're they're boning. They're having a great time. And, you know, good for them because at this point in time and of life, everybody has gone their separate ways. So who gives a shit if they're boning at Right. This point? Just explore those connections. There's, there's no stakes involved. Everybody can just kind of feel that out without having to be like, oh, what does this mean for our future and our life together? It's like, okay, relax. Like, I'm just in a in a bad place right now and I need a distraction right. and I would like to fuck you. But like, you know, if I had Archie showing up to me in fire department garb, which I have to get into right now, <laughs> I'd go wet too. Anyway. <laughs> so as I want to say was simultaneously, his connection with Betty also coincides with the amount of dumpster fires that decide to happen during literal dumpster fires. Like actual Garbage fires. can fires. Little fires everywhere. Literally in the school, on his porch. They keep happening. And we find out that Hiram and Stonewall Prep and Reggie, they're all behind it. And um, he decides, we need a fire department. And who else is more qualified? Archie, because Archie wants to save everyone. Everyone, literally everyone. That's his goal in life. Yeah. So he decides he's going to make it. And again, using his students from the ROTC. <laughs> the 16-year-old They're very kids. reusable. They're not only football players. They're yep. also fire, you know, firemen. Yes. And as we will discuss coming to Veronica, they're also like economics experts. But okay. Oh, God. Towards the end, there's one extra fire. Well, we'll go fire, but, you know. The maple groves. The maple groves go up, and then also the prison, everybody escapes and fucks up student-teacher night, or parent-teacher night. Man, parent-teacher night. Another another cornerstone. (laughs) A cornerstone where only two teachers attend, and everybody's very fixated on this evening. Yep, yep. But that's what that's where we leave off pretty much with him. Like he's saving or trying to save 
what is going on with this jailbreak. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where we leave off with Archie. I notice you haven't mentioned his reconnection with Veronica. Is that because you're waiting for Veronica to talk about that? Or because you just want to ignore the fact that it ever happened? All of it. <laughs> both. Yes. Yes to both. Honestly, all of it. Because <laughs> I think I probably put that more in Veronica's notes, but it's it annoys me a lot. It was yeah. predictable and it annoyed yep. me. Yep. It annoyed me the second time around just as much as it annoyed me the first time around. Okay, so we can jump to Jughead now. I can finish Ooh, my go on. my little core for a part of this. So we pick up with Jughead after the time jump. Poor baby has writer's block in New York City where he's living in a messy, gross apartment with his girlfriend, Jess, who is also a writer, but she dumps him like pretty immediately because he seems like a pretty miserable person to be around in general. He's being harassed by debt collectors. He's in a lot of debt. He hasn't been able to write anything significant since his first novel, which honestly sounds Sounds pretty par for the course for Jughead. Some girl named Cora stalks him in a bar one night and hooks up with him in order to get him to pass her manuscript along to his literary agent. That's kind of a weird thing that we never really get closure on. So like, we're going to revisit this. But basically, at that point, he goes back to Riverdale. He's not welcomed back by the serpents who were offended by his representation of them in the book that he wrote, which was, again, kind of weird. And at first... Tabitha won't hire him to work in the diner because she gets the impression that he's not a reliable or uh, upstanding citizen, which is fine because that's true. But she eventually does feel bad for him and does hire him to work at the diner. So Jughead works at the diner. He also agrees to teach English at Riverdale High School in Archie's little scheme to get Riverdale High School back up and running. After he submits the speech he wrote for Pop Tate's retirement to his literary agent, Sam, my favorite character, his agent then tells him to focus on small town Americana in his next novel. So then he starts just like randomly interviewing other people in Riverdale. Uh, Tabitha suggests he interview old man Dreyfus. And ask him about the Mothmen. Uh, you know, like that would have been this enough. opens a legit right? cocoon. <laughs> yeah, like of this bullshit. This everything I set up till now would have been enough. And then we introduce the Mothmen into things, and it's just like ah fuck, now this is like Here a whole go. other can of worms. So he meets with old man Dreyfus, gets the story of the alleged Mothman abductions, follows up with the newspaper articles associated with it, and realizes that Pop Tate was also one of the people who had a witness to events. He talks with Nana Rose, he receives the Mothman corpse from her, which disappears after Jughead has his own encounter potentially with the Mothman. He meets with an expert who tells him that sometimes people who claim to see aliens are actually dealing with their suppressed trauma which adds another layer of confusion to the whole situation so that means i should be dealing with aliens as well yeah, all of us i mean if that's the a analysis, lot of us <laughs> we yeah. all should be dealing with aliens right Go on. if you haven't seen aliens you haven't experienced enough trauma and by that i mean you haven't been broken up with your high school girlfriend in like a really upsetting way yeah. because that's jughead's trauma that's as far as we're aware <laughs> Anyway, I digress. He reveals to Tabitha that he did have one other incident of passing out and losing time, similar to his encounter with the Mothman at the diner. But it happened in New York City when he had been drinking and doing a lot of drugs. So, like, I really don't know where the connection is with that. And as he gets more wrapped up in this investigation, he seems to start drinking more heavily. You know, he goes to that key party and gets really hammered and Tabitha has to take him home early. This is the first time we saw him really, like, annihilated. Right. But we had seen him, like, 
slipping alcohol into like other beverages and like drinking. It makes it. him more realistic. Not even gonna lie. I, I'm still kind of bitter that they didn't use this opportunity to call back to FP's alcoholism. Right. They're really they're really making it about the Mothman and whatever other no. trauma he's experienced. Right. But, like it's, it's a, alcoholism it's, is genetic. Like, it is that, genetic. That's a thing that happens. Yeah. So to touch on that, I feel like would have been so much more meaningful. Ugh, but I can't get into it because. <laughs> If we, if we stop to talk about how we could improve the show every five minutes, we would never get through this. So anyway, to get through the writer's block, he still has, he purchases some psychedelic mushrooms, maple mushrooms, and they're delivered by his ex-girlfriend, Jess, which is weird. But apparently the last time he did mushrooms, he wrote a lot of shit without being aware that he wrote it. He woke up from his trip and there was just writing that was done. So he wants that to happen again. So Tabitha chains him to a desk in the bunker for his own safety and then leaves to let him do his writing. During his trip, he hallucinates about Jess and Betty, and they seem to be like sort of combining in his mind. And it seems to imply that his trauma has a lot to do with Betty and how their relationship ended, which is like so ridiculous to me. And then he wakes up and finds a huge stack of papers that he wrote for his novel. But then suddenly a bright light comes down the hatch of the bunker and it's implied that there's some sort of Mothman connection there. And then the next time Tabitha shows up to collect him, there's just a bloody handcuff left at the desk. Jughead is gone and we don't know where he is. So that's Jughead for you. He is on a journey all right, shall we get into Veronica? Because I don't want to, but we have to. I don't so. want to either. Let's do it. I don't even like, I think my synopsis is as good as it's going to get. But we start on Veronica. She is married, and I wouldn't say happily, to Chadwick. And they live the hoity-toity lifestyle in New York. And, you know, we find out that he is a Wall Street guru, and she works for Lacey's, a.k.a. Macy's. <laughs> and, you know, they have that type of banter that any married couple would have until we get into a quick discussion of there was an accident that we don't find out much about honestly till this point in time she wants to get back into the wall street life he won't let her because of this accident all in all with that being said she has a side hustle where she's in a jewelry store but really giving stock tips on the side it's a whole thing i mean we really don't know honestly i still don't know what she does (laughs) right but that's what it looks like yeah i mean we can explain what like she's selling jewelry but it looks like a weird hustle of like Here's your diamonds. This is the stock tip. There's a weird combination of the two. Yeah, it's not just a jewelry store. No, but she loves it. You could tell. She's she's all about Thriving. it. This is her. Yeah, this is her jam. Chad catches her in the interim. She also gets a call from Archie saying, you got to come back to Riverdale. It's like, all right, whatever. So she comes back. She ends up teaching economics for Riverdale High. And with that, she has a whole plan in place after meeting with her father. Oh, Hiram. Hiram. She meets with Hiram and she's like, listen, I want to do, I want, you know, back in the business and all that jazz. And he's like, listen, it's gone. You know, Hermosa took it to, took the rum to Miami and I, I'm just innocently um, running um, the Sodal project. I'm just, you know, to pay attention to here. He gives us that odd thing of like, you know, you didn't even tell me we were getting married kind of deal. And she's like, oh, shit. But that being said, 
she realizes that Hiram is fucking up the economy hardcore and decides she's going to use her economics class to print river dollars with her face on them. <laughs> and start a new economy. Revitalize and Riverdale. I don't like it. It's weird. It's it's just, <laughs> just that it, doesn't happen. Yeah, a project in theory would have been more legitimate, but to actually To entrust, think it wasn't going to get shot down on top of everything is just, just odd. Yeah. So that being said, she tries to say like, oh, river dollars are going to be used for everything in Riverdale. You know, you go to Pops, you're going to use river dollars. I'm going to open a jewelry store Mm. and you're going to use it there too. You know, I have a problem with this. (sighs) Well, who's buying jewelry in Riverdale? That's all I want to know. Nobody can live. If anyone can answer me that one question, I'll give Nobody's you $100. Nobody's really living, really living a sustainable life in Riverdale right now. But anyway. So she reconnects with Archie. She also, after Chad surprises her in town, that she's going to redo the apartment in the city. Or Riverdale, I'd say. <laughs> in Riverdale. The city. I call it the, the city. Big city. The big city. I call city it the Riverdale. city, but it's also, you know... She's like, oh, I'm going to have Archie do it. You know, I'm going to have Archie. And Chad's not about it. Chad, this is where we see Chad's, you know, kind of... Toxic male jealousy. Absolutely. And that's where the the fighting starts to occur. Okay, so she then sees what effect this is going to have on her life. And she's like, listen, I need a break from Chad. So Chad goes back to New York and she thinks like, we're going to take a break. We're going to, at that point, not necessarily divorce, but they need to break. A trial separation. A trial separation. In the meantime, though, she does end up hooking up with Archie. (laughs) Oh my God, what a shock. And Archie clearly is getting a lot, you know, a lot of action. He's getting a lot of benefits from this. Not only the sexual component, but like she's funding his football team. She's funding his football team. And the fire department. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of. Yeah. If if Archie was smarter, he would be working this for his own benefit. (laughs) But he's just an idiot. So he's like, I love you. Right. And that's (laughs) that's the core premise of all this. And then it gets to a point where she decides, listen, I need to figure out what I'm doing with my life. I'm going to go back to New York. And obviously Archie's upset, but she decides to go back to New York to find out that Chad is basically... Running a Ponzi scheme through her jewelry store or wants to do it through the jewelry store that she opened in Riverdale. And my eyes, I'm just... Yeah, you're like pulling your face in a weird way. I just, like, can we think of anything else that could be more ridiculous? Yeah, he seems to be blackmailing her with the prospect that he could implicate her in his shady dealings if she decides to leave him. Basically. And that's how we leave them off or her off at this point. It was just a lot of their bickering and like what she went back and forth a lot too. Yeah. Because she was like, no, stay in Riverdale. And then he was here. And then she was like, no, actually go. I don't want to deal with you anymore. And then she went to Archie and she was like, I'm getting a divorce. So like, let's hook up. And then Chad was like blackmailing her with those photos of her and Archie to come back to New York. And then she gets back to New York and he like basically seduces her with Chinese food and like their wedding song. Right. And they hook up that night, right? They they do. And then, then that's how she finds out the <laughs> yeah. next morning that he's doing this so, like, whole 
There's a connection there. So I don't understand when she tells Archie, oh, I stayed with Chad because, you know, I felt guilty for wishing him dead when we had that helicopter crash and whatever. And then she's still sort of in love with him, though. So it's weirdly complex in a way that I think the show is not intending (laughs) because it shouldn't. I don't know. The more the more we see it, the more I feel like they're made for each other. She goes back and forth. I feel like her and Chad are kind of a match made in heaven. Oh, definitely. I mean, they're both dishonest and shady so yeah that dishonest makes a lot of shady sense. and know where the money is honestly mm-hmm. if you think about it manipulative yeah so the other ancillary characters we have to deal with so kevin is in an open relationship with fangs to start I and they're hooking up with traffickers and like whatever and then tony announces that her She's actually having this baby with Kevin and Fangs. And then Kevin kind of panics and is like, oh, my God, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> Which we knew. And, and is, like, not really comfortable with his identity as a gay man and gets beat up by some homophobe at the spa. It's very sad. And, like, he just goes through, like, a lot of trauma suddenly. And it's just kind of upsetting. And we didn't get a lot of Kevin in the first ten episodes, so I'm kind of hoping we get more Right, they really kind of hit us towards the end with his whole, like, revelation of home life and how he is how he is. And I hope we get a little bit of a resolution for him. Right. And it's kind of similar with Cheryl because she got like a a slow start too, where she was just staying at home, kind of a hermit, doing. We didn't know why. Yeah, doing that whole art fraud scheme, and it was like, okay, why is this happening? And she meets Minerva, the art appraiser, who realizes that her art is a fake, and then she ends up in like a weird relationship with her, even though Minerva was like blackmailing. I'm still not okay with this, and it seems like it's going to continue. It looks like it, yes. So I'm like. I just don't, I don't get why they want us to be okay with that. But she resisted every effort that Tony made to try to get her back into society. She did come back to try and co-coach the Vixens, but she took it over very dictator-like. And Tony was unhappy with that. But then um, Vanessa Morgan had to go out on maternity leave. So there, we didn't really get any closure on that situation. So Cheryl's kind of a question mark at this point. I'm not really sure what they're going to do with her. She's just... Oh, we don't? Well, okay. We kind of do. We kind of do. But we'll get to the trailer in a second. First, I have to bring out my murder board. Hold on. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I gotta get it. Okay, ta-da. Oh my god, I love it. (laughs) It's... The best thing I've ever seen in my life. So I got really intense. The The major things are Polly's disappearance, TBK, Hiram's hijinks, and the Mothman. Some things are connected. Some things are not. A lot of things are connected, though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. And some of my tinfoily theories are on here a little bit. So even just to start, like, we don't have a lot of information on the TBK. That's like the least populated side of this board. My two theories are either, I mean, Glenn is the TBK, which feels really obvious. And I also don't think it's true. But we can't discount it because he was researching the serial killer genes and, you know, has access to the kind of information that right. would be required to slip. Also wanted Betty to kind of destroy anything prior anything Riverdale related oh clean up the yeah clean clean that up you know I wouldn't say destroy but didn't want anything to do with it really he's sketchy and I just I'm not totally convinced that his only sketchy quality was that he was doing this dissertation so like I'm gonna leave him there the new theory that I have is that Chad is the (laughs) DVK 
which I'm not. I mean, it's not far-fetched. I'm not totally on board with it just because he doesn't seem like the type to get his hands dirty. But he also, you know, has been going off to his job, in quotes, but Veronica isn't there with him. So she doesn't necessarily account for all of his whereabouts at any given time. So he could be doing whatever the fuck he wants. Also, we know that he likes to control Veronica and just is very jealous and and ah but is he a killer no i don't i don't necessarily think so but i threw it out there because i was considering it as i was do you think the tbk is gonna be an obvious choice or is it gonna be so far out of left field that we are like what i want it to be a left field scenario where we just don't know i because i feel like this show makes things way too obvious for us where we or try, convoluted, at convoluted, least. yeah. Where we try to analyze it so much to make it more than it is, and it's like, well, maybe it isn't. But at the same time, I want something that just literally throws me off completely. Yeah. So I started out thinking that the people or persons responsible for Polly's disappearance were connected to the TBK or were the same exact person. I don't know that I think that anymore. After doing no, the, it's the whole trucker thing. After it's doing very... the murder board, I don't think it, the actually the reason that I don't think it anymore. The TBK does target women, which is why I connected him to the twenty one missing girls. But he's also the trash bag killer for a reason. Like he li- leaves body parts in trash bags, and that's not what we've seen of the girls who have been dumped in Swedlow Swamp. They're intact and they're not in trash bags. So that's really not his MO. Plus, he's been active for the past, like, these girls have been missing over seven years. So that's a long active period, and especially in the same region. So I think we're talking about different We also have to relate General Taylor's misconduct here. Do you see that? I do. That was new. That was a new theory. That's a I new came theory. Yes. I once seeing it, I realized towards the end we had Archie kind of hit him with, I-, I know you're doing something fucking shady here. Yeah. And I'm not about it because you're going to try to award me something to cover it up. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's weird. And seeing it in writing, like seeing this mapped out. <laughs> It makes a lot more sense that there's a possibility that, I mean, we're talking about 21 missing girls. Right. There's a very, I mean, an army, well, not army, but like a military related synopsis where. Yes. It may, I mean, we're talking military people are all over the place. So. Sure. These girls, you know, it's very simple. Yes. And for the, for the listeners to explain how we got here. So I. I will post this somewhere. Yes. Don't worry. I have connections from the Mothman and from Polly's disappearance. So Pop Tate implied or his story was that, you know, he encountered the lights and the stuff at at his diner. And the most plausible explanation to him was that there was military testing nearby that was done. And that explained that encounter. So I connected that military potential Mm -hmm. to general taylor he's being accused of shady military tactics which implicates archie in his whole whole thing and could it be that there's some kind of military testing being done in some kind of facility somewhere near riverdale because we know that men have been abducted you know old man drivis's friends and also jughead's student Lerman Logan, and they were returned unharmed, but the women are turning up dead. 
So either that means there's something different going on with the men or the women, or they need the women for something different than what they need the men for. <gasps> Procreation. <laughs> and, like, what really piqued my interest was Polly's blood type being AB positive. I mean, there's no way to know that every woman they abduct is going to be AB positive. Right. But I don't know. I Like, I just, I feel like that was a weird detail to include. Yeah. They And they made it a point to tell us. And kind of drill it into our brains that that's a thing i don't know if they just did that to make it seem like it was to identify that that was polly's blood on the phone booth or whatever but this can all kind of potentially connect to hiram's palladium mines because the men that were abducted that were friends with old man drivers they were all working in a collapsed mine Mm. at the time like that's the job that they were working we don't know what kind of mine it could have been a palladium mine the government could Again, be... Again, the first time I've ever heard of palladium in sure, my life. Of course. The government or the military could have been aware of these palladium mines. And that could be another way to loop in palladium to both the Mothman and Polly's disappearance. <laughs> Why are you smiling like that? I'm smiling like this because I feel like this is Riverdale. Like, do they really <laughs> want us to think this much? Uh, no, like, they don't. Uh, this is me going above and beyond. No, but I love it. That That's the whole thing. <laughs> I love it so much. And I'm looking at the board and I'm like... Did anybody at Riverdale think this hard about it? Or did probably they just Probably not. Throw they just wrote together? a fucking script and said, do it. Like, I can't... Uh, I love your thought process. <laughs> because I want the outcome to be something that we have discussed. Or I really something do. that makes sense. Just something, something. But again, you are really... You're putting in the work. <laughs> trying. I really want to figure this out. And the thing that but bothers But do they me- want us to figure it out? Do you think? Like, do you think, like... That it is They write it and they're like, right, and they're like, oh, our fans are going to figure this out. They're going to have theories and all that. Or are they like, uh-uh, I'm just going to throw in a monkey wrench at the end. And yeah, well, that's... is it like Westworld where they just like try so hard Don't to Don't even get me started. The, the fandom. <laughs> I have no idea. But we did see, let's, let's talk about the trailer now. Because yes. I intend to keep this board updated as we gather more information. So this is just kind of a starting point of what we know so far. You don't have a lot of room left on there. I don't, but we'll move things around. Maybe I'll change things. Maybe we'll shift. I don't we'll know. We'll figure it out. It w- yeah, we'll figure it out. But let's talk about the trailer for the upcoming because... We see a lot of weird things. There are short flashes of things. Betty says... There's a quote from Betty at some point that's like, this guy could have been Polly's killer or this guy could have been involved in Polly's abduction. Something to that effect. She also has a chainsaw. Yes. <laughs> but we see her kind of roughing up somebody. Yeah. Like, he's like chained to a wall or whatever. It's, a, it's definitely a man. It looks like a younger man. He has long-ish hair in a dark-ish color. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I'm trying to figure out, like, who fits that description. It didn't really look like Glenn. So, like, that's one thing that but I... But Glenn has that kind of, like, longish hair. I don't want to say longish, but it's, like, it's quaffed. It's... Yeah, but this was this was more like falling in the face kind of hair. Could happen. Could happen. Sure. Sure, it could. Sans gel, you know what I'm saying? Yes. But I don't think it's Glenn. We also see, you know, um... Betty's mom, Alice. Alice. We see Alice say, like, just fucking kill him at yeah, this point. Yeah, so we have to assume so, that Betty's found somebody. Somebody. To pin We this have on. someone. 
Yeah, and it's probably not um, Trucker Boy 69, no. who she already tied to a tree, which I already don't think that he is the one. No, I never did either. But maybe it could be the guy that Fangs and Kevin hooked up with. Right. Who was a trucker, which I have on the board here. And he, they brought him to the key party. Yes, the key party. So, like, we're aware of his presence. Um, the other thing that I thought of that I actually didn't put on the board was the guy, the homophobe who beat up Kevin in the spa, who said he was visiting from L.A., but, like, Ooh. he was so violent that it made me think that he could potentially be another violent like violent towards other people like not just gay men but maybe he also hates women (laughs) so i didn't put it on the board because i i don't think he was ever identified and i really don't have a lot of evidence that other than that he's right i think it was more of like a a kevin scenario more than just to kind of like throw that out there yeah no because uh, I, I just I feel like they don't often introduce random characters in here without having them reappear in some significant way. But so I don't know for Polly's disappearance, the show seems to want us to be able to link it with the Mothmen. And did you notice in the trailer there is a glimpse of a of an alien? Yes, an alien in a hoodie. Did you notice this? I didn't notice the hoodie part. I noticed the full-blown alien, though. Yeah. Like, we have an alien. Right. Like, I mean, like, we've seen them before. Like, Jughead has hallucinated about these aliens before. But can we talk about Jughead in the trailer, too? Sure. He... Specifically. A, new beanie. But besides the new beanie part... We see, like, a painting of him where he seems to be the king of something. The rat king. Well, I mean, he's got rats crawling all over him, so I... (laughs) I, In my head, I was like, oh, To be honest with you, I didn't think of that specific. I just saw him as being looked at as this hierarchy, like, he's an heir to something, and he's... There was another painting of a woman with a chainsaw, which I'm assuming is Betty. Betty. So, like, I I honestly, I don't like Are we supposed to see them together I don't like to read those those paintings too deeply because i feel like again where are they coming from is it is it cheryl painting them i don't know because that's the only correlation i can make to paintings at this point yeah and then um it it involves too much interpretation for my liking it's it's i feel that's another board in itself like i can't yes it feels like something that at the end if we looked back, it would make sense. But, like, to look at it now, like, it would be really hard to figure out why they're doing this. The other thing that I wanted to draw out was, um, I mean, we definitely saw Mark Consuelos' son in there. Yes, we, we know see, that like, a flashback to how he yes, began. we know that we're receiving an origin story of Hiram. I believe it's going to be episode two called Citizen Lodge. Oh. I looked this up because that's what's listed on Google and stuff. If you, like, <laughs> if you try and find... And what's coming up they have the synopses for the first two episodes so the first episode in the aftermath of the prison break at Hiram's jail Archie leads the charge to round up the remaining convicts on the loose which like obviously he would right. do that Tabitha reaches out for Betty's help when she realizes Jughead is missing Cheryl becomes sp- suspicious of Penelope which is fair because fair. Penelope is apparently starting a ministry <laughs> and has found Jesus and is going to be... Um, Which Cheryl will then find Jesus. We get it. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a feeling that's going to be a scam. I mean, on Penelope's part, at least. I don't believe any sort of reform no. on, on Penelope. No. She's a bad person. She's a bad person. You know, can I get an amen? That's, we're, <laughs> we're, we're kind of like in that scenario of those type of churches. If you know what I'm saying. Well, the thing is, I feel like this plot is, like, too similar to the farm. 
because it if is, it's but not- it's also it gives it's culty. Obviously, it's a cult vibe. Yeah, but it's more of like, and I hate to say it, not that I have anybody that would really come after me for saying this. <laughs> As we know of, what's for now. the church? The church that Justin Bieber was a part of, the or is a part of Hillsong. Church? Hillsong. That's what it gives me the vibes of. It's that like, oh, Chris Pratt is part of it too. Um, no, it's yeah, it's a big like celebrity church thing, mm. but it's like, so it's like Scientology but more religious. Like Great. it's actually perfect. Like, that's really what we need. Right, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like it's more. It's it's got more religious vibes than just brainwashing like sure. it's you're brainwashing but they're at, they're trying to it's push more effective Jesus. brainwashing <laughs> so i don't know how that works but um oh dear that's the vibe i'm getting from penelope and cheryl's like new venture yeah so i think cheryl's probably not in on the scam i think cheryl is in like a vulnerable place right now and would be more susceptible to kind of just falling in with this if that's what penelope is going to be pushing so i guess i guess we'll see how that kind of plays out but so the only other episode that they have a synopsis for on google is the second episode which is citizen lodge and that description is hiram shares with reggie his origin story and how he went from a young jamie luna to the powerful kingpin of riverdale reggie reflects on his relationship with his father so not only are we going to get hiram's backstory but we're kind of going to get reggie's Reggie's, backstory which i think is a good thing to have only because seeing what we kind of see of reggie in the preview it's you know veronica kind of like hits up with him and she's like you know why not be on the good side of things And he's like the bad things make more money and it's like kind of like i get it i Mm -hmm. totally get it but i feel like there's a more delusional sense there like there's something prior like it's yeah it's well, stem we, issues we it's know he has trauma and with and, his dad and actually yes. i me- i mentioned this in in some of the episodes earlier in the season where i just i i did feel like there could have been more between this dynamic between him and Hiram because it does seem like he's searching for a father figure and this might be the episode that I was hoping for in terms of filling in those blanks and explaining why he was drawn to Hiram and and that dynamic in itself so I'm I'm pretty excited for that episode although I do find their flashbacks to be kind of hokey but they are hokey but I love how like I mean you can't plan it but honestly the fact that Mark and Soyles' son looks, he looks just, just like, like him. him. Yeah, I, I mean they couldn't have asked for anything better. I know it, it was it's it really works out in their favor. Yeah. Well, the other problem is that I mean they're still going to use Camilla Mendez to be young Hermione, right? Because I don't. I there was a quick flash of her kissing young Hiram. That's in, insane. In the, and that, like the whole gross. right. Yes, yeah, it's, it's gross. It's it doesn't gross. feel right. So uh, I mean I've always felt kind of gross about that, but that was particularly gross. And then the other thing that is of note that I think we have to mention is that Josie and the Pussycats are apparently they come back. back. And what I noticed too very quickly is that Tabitha seems a little defensive because hmm. she's like, "You're Josie, aren't you?" Oh. Like it just there's some type of weird. There's a dynamic I think that's going to happen. There, there is an emphasis on musical numbers in this um, preview that I did not appreciate. I did. <laughs> Correct, but also whatever song they used for the preview, I really did like. Yes, no, that like that was fine, but it's just there was a lot it of made singing. Me, it and made me want to watch it a few times, <laughs> which was, I had to do. Yes, I watched it. Multiple but no, times. there's going to be multiple musical numbers. I could tell you. right Yeah, now. I mean, on 
unfortunately. And then there was that quick flash of Josie kissing. I'm pretty sure it's Sweet Pea because they had that little like summer oh. fling at some point. And that was always so really like cute to me. So, I mean, I don't think it's going to become anything because I'm pretty sure the Pussycats were only going to be back for like one episode or something like that. I think I, right. read, I read that somewhere. So, like, they're not permanently there to stay. But, uh, I mean, you know how I feel about the musical numbers. I'm really just not about them. So, yeah, we'll see. But uh, there's. But at least we know with Josie and the Pussycats, like, it's they're meant to be the musical number. So yeah. at least. There's that. <laughs> right. It's not like somebody... I mean, granted, I'm not going to say, you know, we have Camila Mendez and we have Vanessa Morgan. They have voices. They're yeah. great. Sure. But Bursting the fact that... a song for no reason. Right. Exactly. Doesn't jive with me. Exactly. But knowing <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats are yeah. supposed to be a musical number... That helps a little bit. It softens the blow slightly. A little bit. Yeah, but I'm curious to see how and why Tabitha reacted to Josie's appearance like that. I was a little... I don't know why I picked up on that. Again, watched it several times and I'm like, oh, she goes, you're Josie. Like, she just kind of seemed offensive in a way. It was weird. It was very strange to me. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. I didn't pick up on that so definitively as you did but oh, uh, we'll see we i mean we'll see i am super psyched for being back i really yeah. am i mean and we talked about this before we even started recording we're just yes. like really happy to be back in like the this Riverdale is our community. this is our meaning this is why this we're is, here this is our purpose we were put on this earth to make a podcast about Riverdale, <laughs> and it just feels so good i do i love it that. it's it's gonna be it's gonna be good. If you follow me on Twitter, which again we will make a Twitter for I, the yeah, account, like it's for coming. The podcast. Yeah, our podcast Twitter account is coming. We're just trying I to promise. figure it out. But yeah, my actual out. Twitter is uh, oh, what snap. is my Oh my Twitter? god, you're going public. I'm Honor. going public. This is a big moment. My Twitter is I don't know why I have to look it up. Donny Liz two Z's, <laughs> and I've been posting when we you know release episodes and all of that but i will post a picture of the murder board on there on twitter so you can see for yourself i will hashtag riverdale i will make sure it's out there yes that, because once, it yeah. is beautiful and i'm so excited the world should see it <laughs> the world should see it i'm and really excited yeah once we get our our podcast twitter up and running i'm not on twitter so when i get up on twitter it's gonna when be when we figure it out i think we're still trying to get our bearings on the actual podcast Twitter. But since I have one, I've been trying to promote going forward. So follow Don if you want. Yes. Donny was D A W N I E W I Z Z. Sounds like you're promoting a radio show. Like, you know what? I should Johnny be. Johnny Wiz in the morning. D-A-W-N-I-E. That's my next venture, guys. Watch out. <laughs> well, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Super excited. We have the actual episode airs on Wednesday the 11th. Yes. New Riverdale, Wednesday the 11th. And, and then, then our podcast will be on yep. Tuesday. Tuesday the 17th. There we go. So you will see us then. We'll see you then. You get to say your thing. It's my thing. Until I forgot. Then, that's Endgame. Oh my God. It's been so long. <laughs> Dude, it's been so long. Whenever you're ready. And until then... That's Endgame.